Hey, this is Annalie Maley and this is Under the Surface. I would like to have the conversations about like performance, managing stress, anxiety, self-doubt, the whole bubble of identity and like who we are. It's Annalie Maley's Under the Surface. Welcome to Under the Surface. I'm Annalie Maley, and today we have Sam Froling joining us um, all the way from Illawarra. When did you get in today? Uh, just later at four. Nice. Yeah. And you just played, right? A couple yeah, of days Monday ago. night, Thursday, and then on Saturday again. So lots of travel. Yeah, heaps. Do you, on your off days, when you get them, right? What do you do to relax at the moment? Because I know you guys are traveling so much with your schedule and everything. If you get half a day to yourself, doesn't even have to be a full day, what do you do? Uh, I'm pretty big into the PS5 right now. Nice. The new COD just came out, so I've been playing that a fair bit recently. By yourself or do you have housemates, nah, teammates that you kind of log in with? Me and Dan Greta pretty much on it all the time. And then uh, my brother gets on a little bit and my friend Max Norton back at home. Nice. What is it about the, like the PS4 kind of, um, I don't know, virtual world kind of thing is it is it just because you can tune out and only think about what you're doing like right in that point in time like just playing a game i guess yeah pretty much i mean it's it takes your mind off basketball a little bit um and you're just lounging around instead of watching tv and doing nothing at least feels like you're doing something yeah so you don't feel super lazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fair and it gets kind of competitive too yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> it's, sometimes I play before bed and it's not a good idea because yeah. I get so angry and I can't sleep for the next hour yeah <laughs> <laughs> me and my housemates do the uh the card games but it has the same effects I mean just the we're all basketball players so we have the same like there's a scoreboard and you don't want to be that person that loses so I can imagine it would be kind of a little bit of the same so do you have one or two housemates and are they both teammates that you play with yeah uh so i'm just with dan greater this year um but for the last two years i've emmett nah was living with us as well so um emmett wasn't as big into it but me and greater definitely are we're big time into it nice um do you enjoy living with your teammates opposed to like would you rather have like kind of your own space or you think it's like helpful to have someone else that's kind of going through the same basketball experience in the same space as you i, I definitely enjoy living with greta um i lived with him at the institute when we were younger and then coming back to the hawks you know the first thing i messaged him i was like so what where's the place what are we getting <laughs> yeah. um and then since i've been there we've been together and he's a really good mate of mine and uh it's 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 really cool to live with a teammate and kind of go through the journey together although ours has been a little different because he's had a few pretty significant injuries um and it's been tough to watch him deal with some of that and i think i i feel like living together has probably helped him a little bit because he's had someone that he could kind of lean on um there all the time with us and vice versa you know if i have a bad game or whatever he's he's the number one hype guy you know we say you can't go shopping with greeter because you could put the worst outfit on and he'll he'll say oh that looks fire bro it looks fire then you wear it out and everyone be like what are you wearing um so you know you have a bad game and he's like no nah, you were great you were awesome you did this well uh so he, he's a really good guy to have around everyone needs a greeter in their life yeah i think like. that's a that's a great saying i might start telling everyone that they need a greeter in their life yeah everyone absolutely does um so you've just come off like a pretty awesome game right talk me through what felt different when you were out there this time like is it was it a mindset thing were you just like this barbecue chicken like i'm balling like what what was the vibe uh, i mean in shoot around that morning 
yeah, some days your shot just feels good and yeah. felt pretty good. I got foul, went to the free throw line, the first two went through and I was like, well, I might be on here. And then, <laughs> you know, I hit my first three, then I hit another one and I was like, oh yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Started hitting fadeaways, doing all, uh, a little bit of everything and I think it was just one of those days, but it was a little bit of a mindset thing too and it's, it's always good to see your first couple of shots go through and just boost that confidence. So for the rest of the game, you're just like, yep whatever you take is is going down yeah would you call yourself like a confidence player or not really yeah I, th- I think so I think probably when I was younger I wasn't as much because I mean I was always bigger and I guess yeah. could rely on that uh, but since I've got to this level I, I th- there's definitely been times where you know you're down on confidence and you play a little bit worse and it's like oh whereas when I've I've felt really good like the other night coming into a game and I have the best game of my career um and as a, as a young guy I'm still working that out and learning learning the ropes a little bit there and believing in myself and you know now that I've proven that I can do it hopefully it keeps going and that confidence stays with me I think so I I think that the that confidence piece speaking for myself like when when you start to get rolling it's just easier to keep going but to tick over that first bit is just like sometimes that can be like pushing crap uphill but um I want to kind of take it back to your upbringing and your family life because everyone knows like you come from a massive basketball family like you know for people that don't know it's not just Sam and Harry his sisters Alicia and Keely also play as well and both your parents right so as a kid a young kid what were you like like who was Sam as a kid explain yourself or how would others explain you uh i mean i think i was probably the most quiet out of us four as a young kid mainly because harry wouldn't shut up (laughs) (laughs) and the girls were older so they had a bit more power Mm -hmm. um but as a young fellow you know i was a a lot more reserved but i was more of a afl player in towns than i was a basketballer kind of there was a point before i went to the institute where my, my sister started making Australian teams and taking off and Harry just made his first one and his basketball was starting to take off and you know I, I was younger so I hadn't had that, had that opportunity but footy was starting to take off for me and um, I, I was doing pretty well in that and not as well in basketball so I was starting to lean that way and then I went to my first Oz camp ended up being lucky enough to make that team and then I, I went to an Australian development camp and I remember talking to Adam Caporn after that and he was like yeah, we want you to be a basketball <laughs> player and brought me down yeah. to the Institute. And, you know, it's, after those few camps, I think I just fell in love with the game all over again. And, yeah, now I'm here where I am now. Yeah. I, I, was there ever any point when you were making that kind of choice, I guess, between footy and basketball? Or maybe it might have been when you were playing footy and basketball at the same time. Did you ever feel any sort of pressure coming from, like, I'm in a basketball dynasty? Uh should I be choosing this instead of that? Or did you kind of just let your path kind of come to you? Um, there was no pressure. Like dad always said he, he didn't care what we did as long as we were playing a sport as young kids. And then when I was leaning more towards footy, he was all for it. And mum was all super supportive of it. Uh, and then when I just ended up deciding basketball, it was, you know, the same thing. It's we don't care what you do, just do it hard and do it well and we'll be happy. Um, and so... Yeah, that full support from them, they, they didn't care. Like if I played basketball, they probably, uh, I don't know if they'd like me playing golf, but <laughs> <laughs> if I played basketball, footy, soccer, any, any of that kind of stuff, um, it didn't matter. They just wanted me to be happy and healthy and out there having fun. 
Speaking of your dad, he is, has some pretty infamous stories of you and the kids when you were younger. I just had dinner at your place over the weekend with uh, Alicia and your other family. Um, we played an away game in Townsville and they cooked up a feast for us, the famous chicken lasagna. That was uh, what we got, which was great. But um, your dad told us some pretty great stories on how he instilled uh discipline and uh just real resilience in you guys can you think of any time in particular where that was exercised <laughs> yeah so dad's favorite one is uh harry got a call home from school harry probably tells it better than i do but anyway <laughs> harry comes home that day and we had heaps of huge palm trees in our house but there was one that just never grew and it was because it was planted in clay and just wouldn't grow. And dad goes, yep, Harry, you're digging that hole. You're digging that tree out and digging them one by one by one cube meter hole. And Harry was out there for, I reckon, 12 hours <laughs> in Townsville in 35 degree weather. Mum came out with some water. Nah, don't give him any water, Jenny. He's, <laughs> he's got to learn. And then... I mean, just watching that, that scared all of us pretty straight. <laughs> yeah. <But> then, <laughs> so then dad ended up buying a big block of land in Townsville and he just, he constantly moves rocks up there, builds rock walls. He can't stop himself. And I remember I got a call home from school one time. I was like, oh, there's no clay in the backyard. I think we're all good. <laughs> I'll get home. Sam, we're going up the hill. So I have to go up with him for, for five or six hours. You know, we're wheeling uh, wheelbarrows of rocks just... <laughs> And I'd like to say I learned my lesson and never got to call home again, but uh, I, I might have got a few more. <laughs> There's always more rocks to be carried up that hill. Yeah, and he's always looking for a reason to make someone do it. Yeah, yeah. he did drop uh, a lot of wisdom on us over the weekend of how he parented you guys, and those stories were definitely included. Um, they make for good dinnertime stories. It's pretty entertaining. It's, it's funny now. It, it was not funny back then. <laughs> Wasn't funny at the time, I'm sure. Um, so the dynamic between your siblings all playing basketball, right? And I'm sure this is a question you get so often. Do you guys find that your relationship is built off basketball or it's just something that you do? Like it's not something that you define how you connect, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, we're siblings. We grew up together ultimately. Yeah. It's not through basketball at all, but... We definitely use that as a way to kind of connect. When we were younger, you know, we got in a fight. Let's go play one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. You know, we sorted out kind of that way. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and now it's – we use it because we're all over the place all the time. We use it as a way to, you know, we might – like I might be in Melbourne and Alicia might come and watch my game or the girls – like you guys played in Sydney the other yeah. night. I come up and watch the game. Um, and in that way, it's it's a good catalyst for us to just – you know meet up with each other randomly and see each other and it's i mean all our schedules are so all over the shop and crazy it's 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 hard to always tee something up so it's nice when you get to play in the same place and catch up and that's that's where i think basketball kind of connects us yeah i think that the the fam family values of you guys really shines through in those situations i mean i saw um sam came up and watched uh, Keely and Alicia play against each other and just having you in the crowd they were so excited and I think that it, it it really shows like that type of support not a lot of 
NBL players come to WNBL games. I mean, and I know that your family and all that stuff, but that kind of shows like a level of respect for not just, you know, the game of basketball, for women's basketball. And I think that they've always talked about how much respect you've showed in that area. Um, do you feel, and this is a big question, but there is enough support by NBL players towards the WNBL? And what do you think, as someone who actually does watch the games, that NBL players could do better to support the women's game? I mean, I would love to see more people show up. Is number one. I really like, as much as we're rivals with Sydney, I like that the Kings guys, I saw them all sitting courtside at that game. I think that's really cool. Um, and then I think, I don't, I don't know what it's like here in Melbourne, whether the guys come out and watch from either of those teams, but I think any opportunity that NBL guys should get to promote the women's game and to go and watch and support it, they should take. Because, I mean, watching that game on the weekend, I had a lot of fun. And, you know, it was honestly more entertaining than some of the men's games that I've seen. <laughs> um, and I will say this, Kelsey Griffin is my favourite player to oh, watch yeah. <laughs> yeah. out of anyone ever. <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I met her when she was in Canberra and her, and her wife, Erin. Uh, I was texting Erin during that game. like yeah. I, was, I was hyping Kelsey up so much. I was like, Kelsey is my favourite player I've ever seen play. This is so cool. And um, So, yeah, I, I guess like I think just got like the guys should come out and support that as much as they can because it's such a great product and you know, I personally love watching it. That's awesome. So... The journey of your basketball have kind of meshed from different areas and we've kind of touched on a few different things. I want to ask you about your college time because when we look at the player you are now and the things that you've been doing, um, it's kind of skipped over sometimes that you went to college. You were there for how long? Uh, Ten months. (laughs) Not a year. Let's be specific. I left a little early. Yeah. So I want to start with like your decision to go to college why and how did you go down that path? Like, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, um, I mean, my siblings had all done it and it was kind of what everyone was doing. Everyone at the Institute at that time when I was there were looking at it and and I'd had a a fair bit of interest from some pretty decent schools. Um, And so I went and did my visits and all that and ended up deciding on Creighton. I felt, for me personally, they were going to fit the way I played, kind of the culture there was really good I, I got along with the the players and the coaches really well um and then once I got there it's funny I always people always say like oh you must have hated it, it must have sucked for me like when I was there I was hating it and sucked but looking back on it is it was such an important learning experience for me um because I went from like your kid at the tube like everything's kind of given to you uh, and then you go to this environment the next step between kind of that and pros and I was there and you know I'm, I'm a little bit older now I can't eat whatever I want and you know they wanted me to put on weight and I put on weight and I probably put too much on and I got too heavy then my basketball started to get affected you know I was probably enjoying the college life a little bit too much going out uh, a few too many times and that started to affect my schooling and my basketball. And so it's whenever people ask me, oh, like, was it the coach's fault? Was it this? I look back on it now and say, that was probably 99% my fault. I didn't handle it correctly. But now I've gone through that and learned that. I Basically, it taught me what not to do. And so now, when I got, I remember when I got back home, I was like, 
damn, I can't, I can't do what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I've, I got in crazy good shape and I've maintained that throughout my whole NBL career. And I mean, from that, like it's your diet, training regimen, uh, you know, being disciplined, not going out and partying all the time. And since I've done that, because college taught me those things, and I mean, it's it's it kind of turned my whole basketball career around. Yeah, I, I like the way that you describe it as like kind of a halfway house stepping stone thing between um, being a junior and the pros. And, you know, you're kind of spot on when you say like all those things that you experience are a little bit in a sheltered environment because for us as Australians, we can always come home. Um, but that decision to come home, what – was that hard for you to come to that decision and what kind of really pushed you there in the end? Yeah, it, it was really hard um, and because I had such a good relationship with the coaches there, there wasn't any, like they didn't screw me over, they didn't do anything like that. It was um, ultimately I didn't enjoy the basketball and I, I, I wasn't feeling too good about myself. And so at the end of that, I, I remember I was on the phone to one of my best mates and I was like, Man, I'm just like, I'm not enjoying this. Like, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, when I get to basketball, I can't wait for training to be over. Like, I can't. And I was like, look, man, I just, uh, I got to get out of here. I got to stop stop this. I got to change something. Um, and so having that conversation with the coach was really hard because I felt like I was letting them down. Uh, but ultimately, for my sake and where I wanted to get to, mentally, I wasn't, I wasn't, whether I wasn't ready for that or I, I handled it wrong, um, I needed a change of scenery and that's ultimately what led to my decision to come back home. And um, I was lucky enough to come straight back into a pretty good program in Dandenong with Darren Perry and then roll into the under-19s world, which was also a bit of a catalyst for it because I had that coming up and I wanted to do really well there. Um, and I felt like I, I wasn't in good enough shape at college, so I wanted to get home and get in good shape for that. Um, and then I ended up having a DP really help me and ended up having a really good NBL one season and uh, then ended up signing with the Hawks. So when you talk about that time where you weren't enjoying basketball and it's hard to get out of bed every morning and it's just you know that something's not right, how did you transition then into a space of being motivated to be better because I know for a lot of people and especially for myself like sometimes when I'm in those kind of down moments where I'm not motivated and I it is hard to get out of bed in the morning and basketball just isn't bringing that kind of passion and joy what was the catalyst then to be like oh yeah I'm motivated like was it because it usually there's a lot more layers to it than that um I think the big thing for me was it's 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 not just the like a switch you can flick. It was, I got to Dandenong and, you know, I had to get up and we lived right near where Hawthorne, uh, the Hawthorne Hawks train and it'd be getting up in the morning and forcing myself to get out there and actually do some exercise and get going. And uh, there was mornings where I wake up and didn't want to do it, but it was the discipline side of, you know, I have to do this if I want to get to where I want to get to. And, you know, once I kind of got that into the routine and it became easier and easier and then I got in better shape and I started enjoying it and then, you know, the trainings, it became more enjoyable again and then as I started to get better, 
Uh, I was having more and more fun. Then the games became really good. And it was just, it was just kind of that the, the, the first block is always the hardest when you actually got to force yourself to get out and do it. Because once you've done it, once I got out of bed and I was exercising, it's like I'd, I'd go and just wouldn't stop. Yeah. But it was that part of, you know, not just saying like, oh, we'll give today a rest. It was even when you're feeling your worst, it was like getting myself up and doing it and making myself feel better afterwards because I've done that. And then building that kind of discipline and being motivated. And that's where I kind of built my motivation was knowing that, you know, even when I'm at my worst, not feeling great is I can still do this. Yeah. So I think we can see that in the way that you play basketball, like watching you on the basketball court, you can see that kind of like drive. And it's something that a lot of people have noticed in you over the last couple of years, especially in your professional career, Um, being with the Hawks and how you've progressed over I mean just such a for you it probably feels like a long period of time but I mean it it seems like a short period of time and um, your growth as an athlete as as, like in your skills and all of that stuff that takes constant work and a lot of the time we don't give enough credit to the athletes that put in so much work behind the scenes and we were just talking about you as an offensive threat and growing your offensive game and that type of thing how much work did that take and was it all physical skills work to get you to that point where you have a career high game or is there a lot mental side of that that you need to give credit to as well yeah there's a, there is a lot uh, of the physical stuff but it's also a mental side and it's a lot of it is the confidence stuff um but so much of it's just tiny little details for me like this my shot was falling last game and it felt really good but that's because i've been working on my shot for the last two and a bit years and you know it's starting to get to a point now where i'm confident to shoot it in games um and it's kind of been the same for me with my mental space and confidence you know coming up after that first year i had here with lamello ball and uh flinny as a coach we win five games it's, you don't feel super good about yourself when you're not playing on a winning team and then i came in and that first phone call from gorge He's like, Sam, like, we're... <laughs> Keep going, this is perfect. <laughs> Sam, we want you to be really fit and we're going to be a winning team. We're going to turn the Hawks around. And I was just like, yep, yeah, like, I'm in. And, Sold, yeah. And, Especially with that accent. How could you say no? <laughs> I feel like I do a pretty good goal. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but just, and then him coming in and being the coach, he just, the way he could motivate and give you kind of energy and make you feel good about yourself was so good for me at that point in my career and um, kind of boosted me and then now I've carried it over into the next year and then this year as well obviously um, and I mean it's this year's had its challenges too but I mean we're two and ten right now and it's hard when you're on a like when you've got a losing record to kind of bring that energy out and I was before the last game I was kind of thinking about it a little bit and I was like I just want to go out there play my best and I felt good at shoot around that morning kind of didn't think about it too much just came out like remembered the biggest thing that Gorge wanted was effort and energy it doesn't matter if your shots aren't falling and I kind of applied myself to that and it seemed to you know help me with my offensive game as well yeah so I I personally struggle and I know a lot of other athletes do after games turning our brains off not wanting to go home and just rewatch every clip of the game and sometimes I catch myself doing that too do you find it hard to wind down after games as well and what do you do to kind of 
I don't know, turn your brain off after you've played either a really good game or a really bad game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also have a few scoops of pre-workout before the game, which yeah. definitely doesn't help me get <laughs> to sleep after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really struggle to sleep after games. Um, normally, if we play at a 7.30 or an 8 o'clock game, I won't be asleep till 2 or 3 a.m. Um, and I, I try to find stuff to just distract myself, whether that's, you know, watch watch some watch on Netflix or play a game if I'm at home. Um, that's that's the kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just... It's, it's really hard to turn your brain off and I, I honestly haven't worked out yeah. how, how to do it yet. Right. I mean, I've asked a couple of people this question over the last couple of weeks because, I mean, I've been finding I get home and I'm like, surely every basketball player doesn't find it this hard to go to sleep after games. But so far, everyone that I've asked has been like, yeah, you cannot sleep after a nighttime game. It just doesn't happen. Um, maybe we can figure it out and uh, drop some wisdom <laughs> next time it. we get you on. <laughs> maybe don't have three scoops of pre-workout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll probably do it. Yeah. I do the coffee, the pre-workout, the, the pins and needles. Just, it's just not there yet. But anyway, moving on, um, like the future for you, goal setting, that type of thing. Do you, are you a big like visualization person in terms of your future? Do you set goals or are you more day-to-day? Um, is that your process? Like, talk me through that. I'm definitely more day to day. I mean, I have goals. I, I want to be an Olympian, and I want to make the NBA. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately the two big ones. Um, and for me, the process of the day to day is what's going to get me there. So that's what I try and focus on. Um, and that's, you know, whether that's rocking up early and making sure I do my form shooting for every training, or you know, I've, I've had some uh, Achilles pain. That's making sure I do my prehab for every training. Um, I think I try to focus on all that stuff so that I'm putting myself in the best position and then taking care of the, the, the actual training and the working hard and getting fit and lifting in the weight room and all that stuff and then putting myself in the best position possible so that at the end of this thing, whether I've done it or not, I can say, look, it's, I've given it my best shot and I'm happy with what I did. Yeah. So outside of basketball, right, do you have – like any side goals that you know in your personal life or maybe it's something to do with uh i don't know family investments hobbies anything like that do you have any personal goals that you put outside of the scope of basketball yeah um the first couple of years i definitely just focused on basketball but now kind of as i'm getting a bit older i've started to focus a bit more on other stuff and i think the big one for me that's coming up is probably going to be buying a, a house or something like that um I've started that process and it's, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so that that towards the end of this year, I think will definitely be a big thing that um, I'm looking forward to. And then, I mean, I, I think I'll want to in the next couple of years probably start to look into studying something of some kind, just have something under my belt. Uh, so at the end of it, I can slide into something nice or, or just have it there and just brag to people that yeah, I've, got, that I've got a degree. It. Yeah, that you've done it. Uh, I've already done 10 months of college. Yeah. So <laughs> cool that there, yeah. You get some credit for that somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in the collegiate system, there's a picture of you registered for a class. So I think that counts for yeah. at least something. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so my last couple of questions, I wanted to start with like, tell us something that people don't know about you or that they wouldn't expect if there is anything are you that much of an open book that there's nothing that people wouldn't know but do you have any kind of parts that people wouldn't know about you um 
don't know. That's a good question. You don't have don't to answer yeah, that I one. I feel like <laughs> there's, there's no big dirty secrets. I, mean, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I was thinking more like a party trick, like yeah. you are great at cards. No, or, you know, you know? I'm, honestly, apart from basketball and maybe AFL, I'm quite uncoordinated and not good with <laughs> much other stuff. Um, I'm a little bit clumsy, but... Yeah. You ever done those like paint and sip classes where they get you to like paint stuff? And I haven't, and I can't draw or paint. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm sure if I did, it would look horrendous. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. I'm sure you could get something going there. Um, and then I'd already asked you what you've done in your spare time with like the gaming and stuff. I think you know that is again a lot of basketball players also find their way in the virtual reality space as a way to turn off. But um, how do you think that people view you? Like if you're sitting in a basketball stadium um, and there are all these fans and kids trying to get your autograph, what do you think people want to see and what do you want them to see? I mean, I just want people to think that, you know, I'm a good person and I I try to be kind. Um, I remember I felt so bad after one game we just lost and, this one lady that's a huge Hawks fan was in the crowd and was like, grabbed me and was like, oh, like, don't look so upset, you know, it's okay. And I, was, I kind of snapped at her and I was thinking about it all night and I, uh, I made sure to go out of my way the next game to go and say something to her and just apologise. And, and I think, you know, for me is like, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I probably wasn't, I was the, one of the big kids at school I, I think I was a bit of a bully sometimes and you know growing up I kind of look back on that and some of the memories that I have of it is I'm I just oh, I wish I didn't do that and yeah and so like I try now my hardest to treat everyone really well and make them feel good about themselves because you know I, I remember looking at oh well now I look back on it the effect that kind of some of the stuff that I did had on some people yeah and it makes me feel like really bad for them and yeah i wish i could go and talk to them and now and tell them that like i'm sorry and i i, I didn't mean to be such an asshole yeah um it was just kind of i was an insecure kid that mm-hmm. just kind of took it out on other people um so now that's that's kind of how i want to be seen now is like i don't care who you are i'm going to be nice to you and treat you well and um i think that's just how we uh as people should kind of treat life because if we all treat everyone well, then, you know, let's, everyone feels pretty good about themselves and you know, the world's a bit of a better place. I 100% agree with that. And I, I was just thinking as you were talking just then when you were talking about hindsight and looking back at your career and I'm, I'm you know, I, when I say that, I'm not just talking about your pro- professional career. I'm thinking like all the way back to when you maybe started playing sport in general. Is there anything that you would have changed at all or you're you you sit here now and you're like no this is where I was supposed to be and there is nothing other than what you just mentioned about you know the way you treat people and that type of general stuff but is there any big moment that you're like wow that was a sliding door maybe I should have taken that or you sit here now and you're like no nah, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I am and I like to look back on everything and think about why it happened and I think as I've gotten older I've gotten better at that and you know there there has been moments where I've been like oh like I could have done something different there but ultimately I didn't and if I was wishing that I did then that's I think that's just wasting my own time 
um, because wishing that I did it isn't going to change where I am now. And I'm I'm pretty happy with where I am now and the attitude I have towards the game and you know what the work that I've put in. I'm at the end of this thing, and however long I play for, I'm I, I know that I'm going to sit there and be happy with what I did throughout my whole career, and that got me to where I am. No matter how high of a level I play, no matter what, whether I have five more years, ten more years, fifteen more years in this thing, um, at the end of it, I, I'm confident that I'll be able to sit there and say I did everything I could and I'm happy with where I'm at. That is awesome and that is a really great note for us to wrap on wrap up on. I just wanted to say thank you for being here. Um, I always find it really interesting talking to basketball players a lot of the time that we see on screen a lot and kind of figuring out who they are and a, a lot of your basketball journey is tied in with your life journey and your life choices and I just think that this will be a really good episode for people to listen to and be like, who is Sam? You know, like, tell us about your childhood. What do you do in your spare time? It, it'll be really good. And I, I especially liked the parts where you talked about your family and um, your time at college because I do think there's a lot of people now that there, there was such a wave of kids going to college that have the fear of coming back or have that fear of, oh, am I not in the right place here? So I, I do think that'll be really beneficial. So on that note, thank you for your time. This is Under the Surface with Annalie Maley and Sam Froling. Um, be sure to tune in next week. Thanks for having me. That was Under the Surface. If this episode brought up any concerns for you, we recommend you call Lifeline on 13 11 14.